on this episode of Why Watch That. Miles playing Albert, I'm cool with. I don't know Albert that well, but I think he got it. Matthew playing Robert Evans, it's a thicker thing in True Detective than this. Like when you watch it, you, you really feel like you're being, I don't know, coated in something you don't want on your body, okay. except for that second season. This is the kind of show that would be great to be on the background, or you could just watch it and pay attention. Yeah, I mean, you're a novel concept. Pay attention to what you're watching. When I was young, I never needed anyone. Okay. Younger. Thank you. Oh, see that? You see, you got a friend. That's what the <laughs> producer is. He says, Are you ready to get that something pounded? Now, I look. Okay. This is a moment, producer, where my brother and I had to pause and go back and say, what? Why watch that as a podcast featuring the critic and referee who go head to head on a quest to discover the best movies and TV shows Hollywood has to offer. Expect the unexpected from the critic. Well, nothing gets past the ref. We do all the work. So you don't have to. Welcome, Welcome to, to Why, Why Watch, watch That. that. Critic? Yes. Critic! What? Have you heard? We just got a buy me a coffee page. <laughs> What's that? Boy, come on. It's a place where listeners can support our work for as little as $5. $5. Pretty much the price of a coffee. I don't drink no coffee. What you talking about? Well, you don't drink anything but water <laughs> and eat raw potatoes. But... <laughs> I guess they can buy you a popcorn. How about that? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, right. right. <laughs> well, everyone, look, visit buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that to support our work or purchase our valuable resources. Yeah, you know what? We just added the TV trackers to help you curate a collection of shows you'll love to watch. So find this and more ways to support us at buymeacoffee.com forward slash why watch that. So, Critic, are you going to buy me a coffee? Maybe. The Why Watch That Talk. Hey, guys, we're back with another episode of Why Watch That TV Talk. This is the a lot of TV. Oh, my God. I'm here with the Critic. And like he just said, there's a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. So, what have you been up to, Critic? Watching this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not all, no, that's not fully true. But it, it is a lot. And some of it I haven't watched much of, but mm-hmm. I'm going to talk about it anyway. All right. Well, and if you all want to judge, go ahead, judge, because I give you a list of stuff to watch and you'll see. <laughs> all right. All right, Critic. We're going to jump right in so that people will get a chance to come for you. Um, so we got our first TV series uh, finale which is a uh, Better Things. Season five, um, an FX show, an American comedy drama television series. Um, so what do you think about it? Yeah, you know, so like you're saying, this is coming to a close, the series finale. Before I get to that, mm-hmm. in season five, I mean, we're still following the Foxes. Sam played by Pamela Adlin, who co-created it. And uh, for the past few seasons has like directed every episode, all of that kind of stuff. You know, she's a mom in L.A. in Hollywood dealing with 
three children. Now, they were daughters. Matt, you can't really call all of them that in, anymore. You know, she's dealing with that whole thing. You know, one of them is like, Bob, it's not that hard. That's where we are. They're all growing up. One is out of the house, but is she back? Mm. The other two need to be out of the house. Okay, I'd put them out. So they're they're all growing up. You know, the youngest one, Duke, is now a teenager. It's terrible. It's just terrible to see. Terrible. My brother was just so just beside himself looking at Duke and her behavior now. Mm. So it's the same kind of thing with Sam, you know, dealing with the children, their aging, you know, is she out of step with the times? What's going on with her career? You know, Danny Trejo might pop up, people like that, as you go through. And Ron Cephas Jones, you know, shows up and, and, you know, she's she gets into directing and she and Ron's character, you know, had worked together before. They're great friends. He recommended her. She comes in to direct. How does that go? Mm hmm. Dealing with child actors. How does that go? So it's that kind of thing. She, The mom is still there. We still love her mom, you know, who lives across the way and does her own thing, whether Sam wants her to or not. Sam went to San Francisco to do this show. And mom was like, oh, I haven't been to San Francisco in a while. Sam's like, don't come. No, you're not coming. I'll go wherever I want. You know, does she mm -hmm. pop up? It's that kind of thing. Got but it. the first four seasons of this, in the midst of all of that, you know, there was sharp insight. Is it still here? I couldn't find it, producer. And mm -hmm. as a result, I couldn't finish this. I didn't finish. I, I don't did know not. How many episodes that you get through? Uh, you know, enough. Enough. Okay. Yeah. Like over halfway through the 10 okay. episodes of the season, I just mm -hmm. couldn't continue, especially because why am I watching these children act out and be annoying? with no insight. Mm. So if you have been watching better things, you may have noticed there's not quite the same just because what is the comment you're making here? It was more incisive and more interesting um, in the previous seasons, but okay. What's All right. So the critic says that they may be better things for you. I was waiting for something like that from you. <laughs> Now we are going into our TV season finale. We go from our series to our season and we are going to uh, talk about Outlander. Little Outlander brought to us by stars. Uh, six seasons in this historical drama that's been around forever. Um, yeah. So how was how was season six? Well, it was a shortened season six because of everything that's going on. The next season will compensate so this season had eight episodes. The next one will have 16. They are normally 12. So they just took the four missing episodes and mm -hmm. added them to the next season. The mm -hmm. So in this shortest, shortened season, Claire and Jamie, you know, they're in the States still. It's about to be, you know, <laughs> the war for independence. It is 1776, you know, or wherever. We're getting up to that time. And, you know, their daughter and her husband now are with them. If you know, there's time traveling and all of that happening, which is really not the main point of the show. Um, and, you know, Jamie is, you know, is he going to be with the British? Is he going to be with, you know, the revolutionaries? We know what he's going to do because he knows it's going to happen because of his wife and daughter. 
and son-in-law. He also has his cousin with them who was kidnapped by the indigenous people, but then, you know, fell in with them. And we found more about what happened with his travails there. And someone comes across the pond from Jamie's past when he was locked up one of them times. And this person, he and Jamie, they don't quite get along. What's happening? And he brings his son and daughter. They are young, but grown. And he's very religious. And this daughter causes all kinds of havoc. Havoc that comes right on the head of Claire and Jamie. At the end of this season, as usual, they are in a precarious situation. They're always about to be killed or something. So at the end of this shortened season, that's where we are. What's going to happen to them? Mm -hmm. I'll say this. They've been separated. Mm. Why? Who's involved? This religious man, is he involved? Involved how? And moving forward. Also, Claire has uh, figured out a way to do ether, you know, because Mm -hmm. she is a surgeon. She was trained as a surgeon in the 70s and so on. Then went back to Jamie with all her tools, you know, so she's a witch, you know, all that kind of stuff. But how is she using that ether? And more things have happened that I'm not going to get into. If you like Outlander, you got to keep watching. I think this was a strong season. I had a problem with one episode toward the end. I thought one of them was a a dud. But outside of that, they did a good job. I do like the cast. I was going with them in their storylines. Maybe I'd like a shortened season. I don't know. We'll see what happens with the extra long season producer. So sing me a song. That's what I say to Outlander. All right. Got it. Short and sweet for Outlander season six. As we go into TV series premieres, we're going to kick this section off with uh, something called The Offer, which is a limited series brought to us by Paramount+. Plus. Um, the Offer is an American biographical drama mini series um, developed by Francis Ford Coppola. And... Um, that's, well, it's, a, it's it's not developed by him. Okay. It's about how he and others developed the Godfather film oh, franchise. Oh, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Okay, mm-hmm. got it. Got it. Cool. So a um, couple of characters. We have uh, Miles Teller, Matthew Good, um, Dan Fogler, Vern Gorman, amongst the lots of other people who are part of this TV show. So, Critic, tell us about it. Yeah, so it is a limited series about you know, what happened to bring The Godfather to the screen. Mm. Now, if you don't know, I mean, this is a crazy story, you know, involving, you know, certain mafia members and, you know, executives at Paramount and so on and so forth. Because Miles plays Albert S. Ruddy, and it's based on his recollections of what happened. And this man was not a producer, okay? He was working like on computers and was great at it. And he, in a certain way, got roped into being a producer by convincing Robert Evans, who's played by Matthew Good, to essentially hire him. You know, so the way there, though, is via a certain TV show that if you're old enough, you'll go, oh, (laughs) Albert was, he pitched this idea and it actually worked. And okay, he got tired of it. And he wanted to do more. So that's how Robert knew him. And he was like, okay, you know, I'll essentially give you a flyer. And the thing was, uh, Albert like had a year to get a project in the works or he'd be out. Now you'll see what all of this means. 
And there's someone who assists him and knows the inner workings of Hollywood really well, played by Juno Temple. So that's Betty. And so Betty is like, okay, we got to get to a script that's already available. We can't like get somebody to write it. And the Godfather's there. Now, we also uh, understand what happens to the writer of the Godfather. So for Mario Puzo, played by Patrick Gallo, we see his challenge in being a writer. He'd written a book. It came out. Nobody cared. He was like, what can I do? His agent's like, write what you know. And he was like, do I really want to write about the mob? I mean, for obvious reasons, I wouldn't. Also, I'm Italian. Do I want this to come out? So he does it. We know it becomes a hit and so on. So how do all these people get together, including the heads of Paramount, uh, certain financial people in Paramount, one of whom is played by Colin Hanks, who doesn't like Robert Evans? You know, how are they using the trades in order to get their uh, certain perspectives out there and and affect the outcome? Uh, How do we get Francis Ford Coppola involved, played by Dan Fogler? How do he and Mario work? Like you see all of this stuff, how they start the casting process of it. You know, how is Al Pacino involved in this? How do they discover him? Is he the right fit? So that's where you're going. But here's the thing. It's not that good. Look, I love The Godfather. I love the book. I've read it more than once. The movies I've seen more than once. I was excited to see this. It's just the writing is forced. It's obvious. It's flat. Even the nods to the film to come were dull to me. Uh, I don't know. You want it to be like a Godfather. You want it to have substance and not be shallow. They don't just don't draw you in. Miles playing Albert, I'm cool with. I don't know Albert that well, but I think he got it. Matthew playing Robert Evans. The the dialect is not quite right. Dan playing Francis Ford Coppola nails it. I will give him that. Nails it. I like Patrick as Mario as well. Giovanni Ribisi comes in here as a mobster. And that's interesting. But see, all of this stuff, it sounds like it would be more exciting than it is. <sighs> I mean, I guess if you love The Godfather enough, you could check it out. But I love The Godfather. Hard for me to say who this would be for because they don't really nail what they should have nailed. Mm. I'm done. That's sad because I was excited for that. Oh, interesting. Okay. (laughs) I was interested too. (laughs) Oh, well, there's some other options in TV series premieres. And the next one we have on this list is Under the Banner of Heaven. Also a limited um, series brought to us by Hulu. Um, This is an American true crime drama um, created by Dustin Lance Black based off of a nonfiction book and it stars Andrew Garfield Sam Worthington Daisy Edgar Jones mm-hmm. um, amongst others so Critic what are your thoughts about this one? Well this is I believe it's in the 80s um, and we're dealing with Mormons you know the Church of Latter-day Saints And a crime has happened involving a powerful LDS family. Now, Andrew plays Detective Jeb Pyre. He is Mormon. He has a wife and kids. 
Um, and you know, he's called to the scene. It's a grisly scene. A mother and daughter have been killed in their home. Where is the father? Well, this father is a member of a powerful family, the Lafferty's. Now, we start to see what's going on in the Lafferty family over the course of the show. And as we see that, the question is, is it the husband who did it? Or is it possibly some of his family members? Now, the husband, Alan, is played by Billy Howell. And he is like the runt of the family. He's the youngest of all these sons. And there are a whole bunch of them. The oldest is played by Sam Worthington, Ron. But Ron kind of went out on his own, has a successful business, but the father is not happy about that. So his younger brother is the one who takes over the family, like this whole kind of thing. So what we find out as we flash back is how Alan essentially met Brenda, who's played by Daisy Edgar Jones, his wife. And she went from Idaho to study at BYU for broadcast journalism. She is Mormon, all of that, but she has progressive ideas about that. How does that play out? How does that not only affect her career, but also this family? And you got a bunch of other, you know, brothers and wives and everything else going on. Rory Culkin plays one of them. Wyatt Russell plays the one who's taking over the family from the father. So something happens with some of these Lafferty's in their approach to Mormonism, where it's not quite what all Mormons would think. Maybe they're hardliners when it comes to that. So, you know, Detective Jeb has to figure this out. Now, he does have a partner played by Gil Birmingham, Detective Bill Taba. Now, this man is indigenous. He ain't Mormon. So how does he relate to this whole, you know, environment? He has his own ideas about how to investigate a case. You know, I believe he was in Nevada or something before he came, you know, to Salt Lake and all of that kind of stuff. So how does that work? And as they get into what's happening here, are they safe? Um, what I would say is early on the first episode uh, and Dustin Lance Black, by the way, uh, wrote Milk, won the Oscar for that and so on. And he is Mormon. He knew what to show and what to tell. Now, they do these flashbacks, producer, not just of the Lafferty's, but also of the origin of the LDS. You know, we see Joseph Smith. How did he come up with this stuff? Some of that was digressive. It wasn't helpful. So, you know, toward the end of the first episode, it was like, okay, I kind of got it. You're commenting on Mormonism overall. Got it. But the focus wasn't always where we needed it to be. Now, Billy playing Alan does a great job, great acting, but the words that he has sometimes are just being descriptive. It's like, okay, let's move it forward. Mm -hmm. And then as we go forward, um, it loses the story. Mm -hmm. Like it started off powerfully for me, and then it just kind of peters out a bit. It turns into a lot of explaining, and the momentum is slowed as a result. But like I said, Billy, Andrew Gill is great. Sam Worthington does an interesting job. Daisy Edgar Jones, like the cast is good. It's just, if you're thinking of other things that came to mind, like True Detective, um, that's more, it's a thicker thing in True Detective than this. Like when you watch it, you, you really feel like you're being, I don't know, coated in something you don't want on your body. 
Okay. Except for that second season of True Detective. Mayor of Easttown, if we go to that, more colorful characters. There, There's more humor in that show along with the, the brutality. So it's more dynamic than this. If we even think of, of Waco, which Rory uh, was also in, I would probably say this is better than Waco. So if you've seen all of those shows, that's how I put it. I just wish they would get back to where they started. But, you know, I think I'm done. Next on the list is I love that for you. Um, uh, Showtime property, American comedy television television show, um, executive produced by Vanessa Breyer and uh, Jeremy Baylor, um, starring Vanessa, Molly Shannon, Paul James, Matt Rogers, amongst others. Oh, Jennifer Lewis. Um, amongst others. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> you believe it. Okay. So this, um, like you said, Vanessa stars in it, co-created it, and it's inspired by her personal experience with childhood leukemia. So she plays Joanna, and Joanna, as you know, like a teen, probably is in the hospital dealing with leukemia. And while at the hospital, what does she see on the TV? It's like a home shopping network. And the person who really draws her in is played by Molly Shannon, Jackie. So Jackie's selling the wares and Joanna is just enthralled. You know, she's almost in a dream world watching this woman. So fast forward, she's like in her thirties or something, living at home with her parents But she says, I'm going to be a host on this network. And she gets it. She auditions. She gets it. Oh, my goodness. She shows up. What's going on with the people who work at this network? Right. You can imagine. It's probably not what you would expect. And so she walks in and how do they treat her? You know, that kind of thing. And the boss of them, the head of this network is played by whom producer? Jennifer Lewis. Yes, of course. (laughs) (laughs) So Jennifer Lewis isn't there at the beginning, but she walks in, she makes an entrance. Okay. And what she wants to know from everybody is, who are you? Okay. Tell me who you are. Now, can Joanna do that credibly? So what happens after this is maybe she won't be with this network long. Now, The CEO of SVN, that's the network, Patricia, played by Jennifer. She says to Jackie, okay, mentor Joanna. This is your project. Thank you. What does Jackie think about that? Does she want to do that? Now, what happens when she finds out that Joanna has idolized her for so long? Does that change anything? And does Joanna really have the stuff to do this? Because if she makes a mistake, look, these networks have inventory of products that they need to sell. And if you say certain things that they don't sell, whose fault is that? It's that kind of thing. And where is this going to go moving forward? At the end of episode one, Joanna might be on the outs. Now, that's all I've seen is the first episode. I didn't mind it at all, actually. I didn't mind it at all. It's like this. If the morning show were a half-hour comedy that's more consistent and straightforward but less flashy and nasty, but it's still nasty enough. Hmm. It's that. So just the first episode, I don't know where it goes. I definitely would watch the next. It's like a half an hour per episode. Why not? What about you, producer? Are you interested in this? 
Yeah, it sounds interesting to me. I'll yeah. watch at least an episode. Yeah, I think that this might appeal to you and, and mm-hmm. others who, you know, just want to have the TV on and, you know, maybe you're doing something else. Who knows? You might be cooking. You might be folding laundry. You know, you might be on a meeting with, you know, somebody you're supposed to be working with. This is the kind of show that would be great to be on the background or you could just watch it, you know, and pay attention. Yeah. I mean, you're what a novel concept. Pay attention to what you're watching. <laughs> so hard these days to find the time. That's the reason why I watch that exists. Um, uh-huh. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the next thing, um, 10%. Now, 10% is um, a British comedy series based on a French series called um, Call My Agent. Um, and it is brought to us by what is it sundance prime yes yeah, see it, this, it gets real <laughs> it gets real weird story yeah, yeah I, i'll just explain that <laughs> yeah so yes here in the states it is a sundance now property which is a streaming service but it's also airing on bbc america because they're all in the same family mm-hmm. but outside of the states prime video has it so let's be clear if you're in the states you can't watch it on prime you have to stream it via Sundance Now or get it via BBC America. If you're outside of the States, it's Prime Video. And Call My Agent, the French show you were talking about, producer, if you want to see that original, is on Netflix in the States. I don't know about elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason it's called 10% is, in French, the title of the show is 10%, which is 10%. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And it makes sense because that's what an agent gets. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. As payment. Does that make any sense, producer? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was 15. I thought we'd gone up a little bit. Well, yeah, no, it depends, right? Depends on where you are, who you are. And that might be a manager fee. Managers mm. might get it more. It depends who it is, though. Let mm. me not get into it. Mm. None of y'all agents just stay. I know, whatever. You talk to your clients and y'all work it out. I don't care. <laughs> now. I hadn't seen Call My Agent producer before 10%. Mm-hmm. It was on my list, but, you know, that list is uh, so long that, you know, it could wrap around the world about 100 times. So I just started watching 10%. And it, here's what happens. You have an agency and they cater to big wig clients. Now, this is in London, 10%. So, you know, they eat, they actually have guest stars who are real stars. You know, in episode two, Helena Bonham Carter, whom the producer loves, shows up. Okay, so they, they literally them, they're playing themselves, in quotes. So this agency was started by a man, uh, played by Jim Broadbent. And, you know, his son also works there. And... He has a, a partner, but she caters really to the sirs and the ladies. Okay, that, those are her clients, you know. You know. Now, if you know agencies, this stuff is kind of funny because that's how they work. You know, the people who've been there the longest who are named partners and so on, they deal with certain clients. The agents who are on the come up, you know, they deal with others. They're trying to become, you know, those kinds of agents. You have their assistants and the interns, you know, that whole hierarchy. So that's what's happening here. And a particular client shows up in episode one and gets some bad news. Well, her agent does, but the agent doesn't want to break it to her. She was up for a movie, but the producer's in the States. 
say, we're going a different direction, i.e. younger. How can they tell her this? Now, there is someone who enters into the agency and wants to speak to the son of Jim Broadbent's character. Why? Now, you know, the receptionist is like, okay, just leave your headshot and resume and, you know. She's like, no, I'm not an actor. Well, why are you here? I want to talk to him. Why? She has a reason. And she also needs a job. So something happens where she gets a job at this agency on the spot. What? I won't tell you. And how does that complicate things? And how does she play a role in telling this particular actress, you'll see who it is, that, oh, you didn't get the job because you're too old, girl. Hmm. And at the end, everybody at the agency is no longer at the agency. That's what I'll say. How? Why? I won't tell you. (laughs) Now, this really producer is right in my wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't work for an agent, but I did have a particular job that's similar when I was young. When I was young, I never needed anyone. Okay. Younger. Thank you. Oh, see that? you See, you got a friend. That's what the producer is. Very good. So I was like, oh, I can't wait to see this. And I'll get to call my agent fine. I like the cast. I like the guest stars. But I was waiting for something. I wanted it to be fun or bold, sharp. It's weak tea with too much milk. Sorry to throw the milk in there for my British friends. I was like, okay. Then I started watching Producer and I haven't gone further, but just the opening of the first episode of Call My Agent because I'm responsible. So note, I saw that the original after 10%. So, and from the beginning, I was like, there it is. From the beginning. Not that it's like in your face, but there's something to it. The way they introduce uh, the featured star in that show, mm-hmm. it had style. It was right. That's what I wanted. You can see how 10% was influenced by that, but they lost just that that je ne sais quoi, mm-hmm. okay, that Call My Agent has. So, I, I, but I'll keep watching Call My Agent at some point. That's what I would do. And so for all of you, that's what I would say. I would say, if you want to give 10% a shot, watch it first. <laughs> that's oh, wow. what I would say. Otherwise, if you are if you just want to see Call My Agent, just go to Netflix. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, next on the list, Star Trek, Strange New World, brought mm-hmm. to us by Paramount Plus. Um, we know Star Trek. Now, do we know yeah. what the Strange New World is all? That's the question. That's the question. Mm -hmm. Well, what happened is in Star Trek Discovery, three characters had a great fan response. They said, let's do a spinoff featuring them. And one of them is played by Anson Mount. His character is Christopher Pike. And Christopher Pike is the captain of Enterprise before Kirk. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's where we are in time. And Spock is one of his, you know, go-to people, but he's not number one. So Spock is played by Ethan Peck here. Now, Christopher's number one has been captured because she was captaining a spaceship and they had first contact with an alien civilization. It didn't go well. Now, they call in Christopher to captain a ship to go find what happened, but for a certain reason, he doesn't want to do so. What is that reason? You'll see. 
He's haunted by something. But when is this event going to occur? Is the question. Hmm. But you know, you know, he's grown out a beard, all this other stuff, you know. But of course, he's going to get on that ship. Now, who's on that ship? Maybe some people you know. I won't give them away. And they go on the search for this number one, who's played by Rebecca Romaine. So this really, and I'm not going to go further into it, it's more a classic Star Trek. That's what a lot of uh, critics have said and fans, and that's true. Um, so if you think back to those, you know, not even just Star Trek itself, the series, but Next Generation, that kind of thing. Because like it says, Strange New World, so they're going to encounter new, you know, alien civilizations, that kind of thing. And, you know, so people were comforted by that. Uh, the critical response has been pretty good. Uh, my response is, what did I just say about 10%? Didn't I say weak tea? I was watching this like, like, oh, is it corny all that? Yes, but it, it's not fun to me. Uh. And some of them are like, oh, you're going to like the, you know, the characters. I don't care about these characters. I think I'm done with Star Trek. That's mm-hmm. just where I am. Mm-hmm. So if you were feeling that way about Star Trek, if you're watching Discovery going, uh, okay, I don't think this is going to change your mind. But if you have been watching Star Trek, all of the iterations available and liking it, then I would watch this. That's what I would say. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I'm not a Trekkie by any stretch of the imagination. But when I saw the title, the first thing that came to my mind was another version of Star Trek. It's exactly it. It is another version. Unlike Discovery, where they try to expand it a bit, this mm-hmm. does not. So far from what I've seen, mm-hmm. it's more classic, which I don't mind. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to have energy. Mm-hmm. I wanted to have energy. Got it. All right. Well, there you have it, guys. It's out of Star Trek. We got the staircase. (laughs) Which is a limit. Wait a minute. (laughs) You don't want we don't want to link these two shows at all. (laughs) This 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 series is brought to us by uh, HBO Max. It is a uh, another limited uh, miniseries, an American dry, crime true, well, an American true crime drama. Because yeah. um, you know we gotta let we gotta let you know that it's crew tr- uh, <laughs> true crime. Say that three times. Um, yeah. True crime. <laughs> true crime. <laughs> yes, just like uh, under the banner of heaven. True crime. Yes, true crime. Yes. Um, this is starring uh, Colin Firth, um, Tony Collette, Michael. I mean, those two, you can stop right there. Goodness gracious. (laughs) Yeah. So tell us, tell us what, what is, what is this about? Well, I don't know if you remember producer Michael Peterson. Now pause everybody, not Scott Peterson. Mm -hmm. Michael Peterson. Yeah. Who was like this author, you know, and I believe they're in North Carolina and uh, he wanted to option his book for Hollywood all this other stuff. At the time, I was watching Court TV. That was my the part of my life when I did that. And this is when Court TV actually covered all the court cases. And, you know, Nancy Grace was there. And, you know, Dean Casares and, you know, all these other people. Uh, Catherine Cryer. You know, that time period. Yes, yes. And I remember it was always the blowpoke, the blowpoke, the blowpoke. So what happened is Michael found his wife. And Michael's played by Colin, of course. Found his wife, Kathleen, played by Tony, at the bottom of the stairs, dead. Now, this has really happened. So he said he was out at the pool. He came in, found her, calls 911, hysterical. Says an accident has happened. But you know who they're going to blame. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. Now they have a blended family. She has a daughter. He has two sons. They ain't young, by the way. Like they're in the, around their twenties, mm -hmm. and they together have two adopted daughters. Okay. Now their adopted daughters came from friends of Michael's and one of his former wives. Those friends died, leaving these two girls as orphans. So you know he adopts them. Then Kathleen comes in, and so on and so forth. Now. There's questions about how their mother died. Their father died first. Clear how that happened. Mother died. How did that happen? Mm -hmm. And this is in a different country. Now, once this goes out, who's going to be loyal to whom? Because Kathleen's sisters never liked Michael. Are any of the kids going to break ranks with him? Now, Kathleen was a, a an executive at Nortel. You know, so we see her work there in flashbacks. And she enjoyed life. A bon vivant, as they say in French. You know, she would drink a bit. They even have a scene producer where they're at a party. You know, I think maybe they're throwing the party. And, you know, they're having the libations. Why not? And she dives into the pool. What happens? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, what am I watching? <laughs> so, you know, you track that. And what happened? There's a French documentary a documentary team looking for a new story to feature, showing, you know, what's going on in the legal system. They think this is it. Now, we know this happens because on Netflix, there is The Staircase, same title, which is that documentary. So if you're looking for that uh, docu-series, it is on Netflix. It is called The Staircase. This staircase, fictionalized, like the producer said, is on HBO Max. Let's just make that clear. Mm -hmm. So we know it happened. How did it happen? What are they going to show? So what you see in this show is as they were filming that, what happened? And we, of course, have the prosecutors. We have the DA and we have the ADA. And the ADA is played by Parker Posey. Uh -huh. mm. Now, I remember seeing her on court TV during the trial. And so... What are they after? Because there are certain skeletons in Michael's closet. Are they pertinent to this case? That's up to you to decide. But the prosecutors go, it's going to be pertinent. This is coming out. Because early on, we don't know who Michael's talking to on the phone. But he says this, and I'm going to not say it entirely. He says, are you ready to get that something pounded? Now, I look, okay. this is a moment producer. Where my brother and I had to pause and go back and say, what? Because there's like, Colin first saying it, first of all, as Michael, as, who, what? Wow, okay. <laughs> like this since the nip. When, uh, you know, uh, old boy was like, I know where Paris is. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. Okay. So it's like, I'm sorry. This is a real thing. This woman lost her life. But it's crazy. And the show goes there. Now, not that the show is consistent. So I've seen the first three episodes. By episode three, though, I was like, I think they're getting it. They had to set up certain things. So just be patient with that. But episode three is when you'll know whether this is for you or not. Colin Firth already could get an Emmy from what I've seen. Yes. 
Like, and his dialect is is right. Mm. Like, he is not mimicking Michael, but it's right. It's mm. this is his show. Like Tony's in it. It's not really her show because of the circumstances and how mm. they use her. You have her there not to mess up. You got Michael Stuhlbarg as Michael's uh, lawyer. If you don't know him by name, you know him by sight. I was like, perfect casting there. Dane DeHaan is one of the the sons. Patrick Schwarzenegger is another son. Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones is one of the adopted daughters. Like, the casting is great. Parker Posey, another one, could get an Emmy right now for supporting. Could get it right now. Wow. So as long as, they're not going to mess up. As long as the show doesn't get in their way, I anticipate that there will be nominations for this, definitely. Um, uh, especially for the acting. So, you know, again, tragic circumstances. But I started going, where's the blow poke? Because I knew, I remembered it. Does it show up? And how? Mm -hmm. Well, it's going to have to, but how? Mm -hmm. So you'll see. I mean, if you are into the court TV thing, definitely watch this. If you're into true crime, definitely watch this. That's what I would say. But just give it a little bit of, of room. Are you ready to get that? <laughs> You'll see how this out. Because I didn't know all of this stuff about the case. I was like, oh, this is what was going on. The prosecutors were like, uh, we're going to investigate that. Mm. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> the staircase. <laughs> Into the song. All right. <laughs> Stop. Oh Very good. Look, a little bit of French for the producer. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Oh, oh, hold on. Now I don't know how to... I don't say un poco, which is, which is Spanish. It's a different different language. Yeah, that's that's different. <laughs> so, it's un peu in French. Un peu. All right. Mm-hmm. There we go. TV <laughs> series season premiere. <laughs> we have uh, Terrain brought to us hey, by... Hey, Ron, uh, crazy. Hey, Ron, Terrain, Terrain. Tayron, yes, you're wrong. But Apple TV going into season two. Tayron is an Israeli spy thriller television yeah. series written by uh, <laughs> Saunter and Omri Shiner. Critic, mm-hmm. what, what do you think about season two? Good question. So we have an, Ara- an Israeli spy who's come to Tehran to do what you would expect. And that was in season one. And her name is Tamar. um, And that's played by Niv Sultan. So she's a Mossad agent. She's a computer hacker. She was born in Iran. So she has family there. So that's how this, she could have a cover story. It makes sense. Mm -hmm. Now we know after season one, her family was roped in. Okay. Roped into all of her machinations because there is a particular counter surveillance expert, I'll say it that way, the head of investigations of the Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, Faraz, mm-hmm. played by Sean Tube. And he he was on to her. So this family is now incarcerated because of her, but she got away. The question is, can she get out of Iran to go back to Israel and bring with her? a fellow hacker that she found. Now, she was, you know, he was supposed to be someone she was, you know, working over. But they now have kind of a relationship. So he wants to get out of the country and not go to Israel, like go to Canada, you know, escape with her, go to Canada. But before they can do that, 
the Mossad comes to Tamara and is like, look, you helped get uh, like 14 of our pilots out of the country. That was at the end of season one. But there's one more left. You got to get them out too. And if you do, then you can go. Is that true? Hmm. So the other thing is, Faraz, that head of investigations, is no longer head of investigations after all of this. But he is still looking for her. So how's that going to work? Also, this guy she's with, this fellow hacker, he has certain connections. And in this case, drug connections that maybe they can leverage. But is that going to be a double-edged sword is the question. And a new character pops up to handle directly Tamar, played by Glenn Close. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So Glenn Close doing all kinds of accents and everything else. She it's not CIA. She's not playing CIA mm-hmm. unless there's a switcheroo about to happen. Okay. No, 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 no. So she is in Iran with Tamar. And it's like, look, you need to tell me what you're doing. We got to coordinate and make sure everything's going to be what it needs to be. Mm -hmm. Because her cover is as like a psychologist. A psychologist to whom? There's a way in to keep Tamara safe. And someone from the first season where you go, wait a minute, whose side is he on? Who was really the boss of Faraz? has been promoted to what? Mm -hmm. And how does that make him vulnerable, possibly? Also, we meet his son, who's connected to this hacker I was talking about. How does all of this work? And will they actually get out of Tehran? Well, at the beginning of this season, I was like, you know, this is entertaining, but it's ridiculous. I mean, some of the fights were laughable. Literally, I was laughing. Oh, wow laughing so i don't know that i'll be continuing like i I, like i started watching the first couple episodes i was just kind of like i don't know like i can't take this seriously anymore not that it's i would call it bad it's just is this what i want from this show it's not what i expected after season one i think they just pushed it a bit too far i mean glenn close is always welcome uh i would it's kind of like if you take 24 and homeland and there's some strange sort of baby they had. That would be this show. Um, but they need to be closer to Homeland. Mm. Yeah. There you have it. Yeah. Now we're going to go into the TV sneak peeks. Oh, why watch that sneak peek? So first up on the sneak peek menu, we have the Essex Serpent. Brought to us by uh, Apple TV Plus. It will. It's a limited series that will be premiering on Friday, the thirteenth, May the thirteenth. Oh. That ooh. is, ooh, um, <laughs> um, <You're> right. So, <laughs> um, a TV series based on a novel of the same name by uh, Sarah Perry, uh, starring Claire Danes. Tom Hiddleston, um, Frank uh, again, Dillon. At top of the list, you're like, who? Yeah. Tyler Perth, Tony Collette, <laughs> L. Claire Danes, and Tom Hiddleston. This will Loki. be fun. All right. So tell us about the sneak peek. Yeah. You watching so, this? Oh, that's a good question. 
ain't it? <laughs> now, Claire plays Cora Seaborn. And this is, you know, way back in like the Victorian era or something. So what happens is she's going to go from London where she lives. Yeah, it is the Victorian era. Look at that. I know something. <laughs> like it's, you know, 1893 or whatever. Mm-hmm. She's living in London, you know, in the lap of luxury. I mean, her husband's wealthy, but her husband is nasty and he's ill. Mm. So he's abusive. He's ill. He dies. She has a son. She also has a a doctor who is really trying to get into advances in surgery at the time. Almost like the Nick, if you know that show. Mm -hmm. And that's played by Frank Delane, who was in that Walking Dead spinoff. And, you know, he's Dr. Luke and he has certain ideas. Now, does the establishment agree with those ideas? No. And he's looking for the perfect patient to do this heart surgery and keep them alive. Never been done. But he takes an interest in Cora. Why? And he has a colleague who's looking at him side-eyed. Mm-hmm. I mean, this woman's husband just died. Mm-hmm. Now, what's going on in Essex is there is some sort of mythical serpent that has been reported that people have seen, like mm-hmm. Loch Ness Monster, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But people ended up dead mm-hmm. in this case. So this grips Cora. She's interested in these kinds of scientific things. She wants to go to Essex, and she does. And she goes there with her son and with her companion, who, like, helps with the son and all that kind of stuff, played by Haley Squires of I, Daniel Blake fame. Mm -hmm. So they're in Essex. Now, she shows up and things happen. What do the locals think about Cora? Mm. It's getting like Outlander. Mm. (laughs) Okay, put it that way. (laughs) And in Essex is a local pastor played by Tom. So it's not Loki. Mm-hmm. It's Will Ransom. He and Cora meet. How? And then they meet again. What does that mean? And what does he think about Cora and the Essex serpent and the locals and everything else? And is Cora going to be safe? Because she's possibly too curious for her own health. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what I have to say about this, okay? Surprisingly, shockingly, this does not work. It doesn't work at all. It is like you leave the soda without a cap on it for a week. It's that flat. Wow. Out. Mm. I was looking at this going, okay, the dialogue needs to pop. Where's the insight? If you're going to give us an abusive husband, by the way, show it. Like not one scene where he's about to die, like he yells. No, lead up to the, like build up Cora, all of that. Where is it? Maybe they do it later on. I have no idea. Mm -hmm. That should be from the beginning. Frankly, the medical stuff was more interesting, but that's like a whole other show. (laughs) I was like, okay, but I can watch the Nick. I mean, it's like, uh, what am I doing here? I don't know how this stuff connects. Maybe they get to it. I have no idea. It's just not good enough to find out. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, other shows that came to mind, The Luminaries, which I also didn't like, which was also based on a book that people like. Penny Dreadful, which I would say is probably better than this. I said The Nick. The Nick is definitely better, but that's only half of the show. Maybe a quarter of the show. 
And if we stay at Apple TV Plus and contrast it to Pachinko based on a novel, definitely different. But that's a success. Because I know why I'm watching this. There's insight. It all works together. I can't believe it. Like you see Claire Danes and Tom and, you know, all these other people in the cast and you you expect so much more. It's not their fault. Mm-hmm. I mean, Claire is trying. All right. Yeah. So next thing we go on the list, The Lincoln Lawyer, mm-hmm. um, brought to us by Netflix, also coming out on Friday the 13th, um, mm-hmm. also based on a book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's an American legal thriller. That's a category that is newly created. Um, legal. Look thriller. at you. Look at you being snarky. <laughs> now you're the main one watching Law and Order reruns in the background. I don't know how you're gonna say something like that. <laughs> you're the main one. <laughs> like, why does TBS exist for people like the producer? Absolutely. <laughs> It's I'm just joking, TV. TBS. I'm joking. <laughs> you guys got some legit shows over there. <laughs> but y'all do no, rerun a lot of things. Like, I think we run a lot. Yeah, they do. <laughs> um, Matthew McConaughey's in this cast. Um, no, no, no. That's the that's the movie producer. Oh man, <laughs> I love how this stuff happens. <laughs> it's got TV shows. We got we got films. <laughs> now it's a yeah. book and it's a TV show. Hold on. Yes, yes. Let's yes. find let's find these people. Let's find yeah, the, so right the, people. the movie was with Matthew McConaughey, like you were saying. Um, so that came obviously before this TV show. Yes. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. So this TV show has um man <laughs> Manuel Garcia. Yeah, Rufo. <laughs> Rufo. Um, Neff Campbell, Becky Newman, Jazz Ray Cole, um, amongst a bunch of other people in in this TV, this TV series that comes to us on May 13th. It's critic. Are we watching this on Netflix? Good question. And this is the second Netflix show that David E. Kelly is attached to. Now, the first one I didn't like at all. Not at all. Okay. Okay. So what about this one, right? And that was Anatomy of a Scandal, which was oh. released not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, now remember Davey E. Kelly. Again, Doogie Howser, The Practice, Allie McBeal, Boston Public, and so on. Involved in Big Little Lies. He ain't playing, except for Anatomy of a Scandal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, the Lincoln Lawyer TV show. Okay, so... Manuel plays Mickey Holler and Mickey recently there's something that happened that just threw his life off completely and you know he's been getting his life back he went into the throes of addiction all that kind of stuff so it's been a year or around a year since he's had a case and at the beginning of this show he's just sitting on the beach minding his business and he gets a call And this call is from his most recent ex-wife. So he has two ex-wives. And this one, the most recent one, still works for his practice, really keeping it going while he's been out. And she calls and goes, "Um, somebody you knew is dead. Now we see how this man dies. And essentially he left his practice to Mickey. 
why. Now, is Mickey going to come back and take this practice and deal with all of these clients? He doesn't know any of these cases. He's got to convince these clients to keep them. Can he do that? And there's a judge who is overseeing this transition. She's the one who tells him, you know, this was left to you. This is how it's going to go. And that judge is played by Lisa Gay Hamilton. So, you know, she ain't playing. Now, Lisa Gay Hamilton, remember, was in the practice. So there's another ex-wife, of course, with whom Mickey has a daughter. And that's Nev Campbell's character. She is an assistant district attorney. So they would be adversaries in court. Now, they're no longer together, but they still like each other. Like, all these people still kind of like each other. And again, they have a daughter together. What does Mickey think about Maggie? That's Nev's character's name. And how is that going to develop? Is he going to make amends? Can he make amends? And with his most recent ex-wife, who's, you know, helping him run the business, Lorna, well, she is attached to Mickey's main investigator. How are they attached is the question. And this man's name is Cisco and is played by Angus Sampson. Now, when you see Angus, you go, okay, (laughs) yeah, he would be the investigator. So the thing is, can he keep up with all these cases? Is he going to be able to keep his sanity intact? And will he figure out what happened to the man who left him his practice? Because it might be that Mickey's in danger as well. There is a detective on the prowl who's like, hey, you need to give me the information I need from this practice because you might be next. But will Mickey do that? And this detective is Detective Raymond Griggs, played by Intare Guma Mbaho Mwine, who was in a movie not too long ago that we still recommend, my friends, and that was Farewell Amour. So, you know, this is going to be a procedural thing what you would expect from David E. Kelly um, with the Lincoln lawyer. Now it's the Lincoln lawyer because he works out of the back of a Lincoln town car originally. What's that like in the show? How does that work? And who's driving him? You'll see when you watch. Now, if you like this kind of stuff, I don't think you'd be mad at it. Um, The thing is though, It really comes down to the charisma of the star. And in this case, that's Manuel. I don't know if he has enough charisma. No offense. Not a bad actor, but it's not the sizzle factor that you would expect like a Matthew McConaughey, right? Mm. Or people who watch Lucifer. We know why you watch Lucifer for one person. Stop it. (laughs) Right? It's that kind of thing. It's better than Lucifer, in my opinion, but not by much. And this is early on, uh, of course, because I haven't finished this season. Who knows if I will? I was fine with it. Like, this is another one for you, producer, where you just leave it on, let it play. You know, you can intersperse it with your burn notice uh, marathons and at Law and Order and everything else you got going back there. So you could add that, uh, add this, sorry, to that list. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a better uh, offering for Netflix from David this time. Um, yeah, I mean, now, David, by the way, is not developing this show. He created it, so someone else is developing it. So he's not really hands-on in that way. 
you know, I've seen worse. It's mindless sort of mainstream entertainment. Why not? Okay, mindless. Yeah, but I don't think the critics are going to be kind. It'd be interesting to see what the critics say about mm, this. Okay, yeah. all right. This cool. is for the the you know the masses. Got it. There's another episode of TV talk. I mean, we have TV mm. that's come. It continues to come and go and start and yeah. end. And as as we learn, always there's something for everybody. Thanks for listening. For additional resources, visit whywatchthat.com. Good idea. And we'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and leave comments, feedback, and you can rate us on iTunes. We'll see you next week. See you.